Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Glitter Boys. We're back with another dive into the history of Palladium by way of looking through the Rifter periodical magazines, starting from the beginning. We've made it up to Rifter number three, which we're doing today. How many do we have to go? There's a lot. Over 80. Oh, <laughs> this, this is going to be good. We're, we're going to be here a while, folks. Yeah. <laughs> this is the uh, Ixitic. The zit, you know, okay. Z- 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 <laughs> I, I, there's like an official way to pronounce it, which I think is like zi i ticks or zi. Yeah. Anyway, I've always said zitikix. Bugs, man. Bugs. <laughs> it's a bug planet. Yeah. This. Uh, so one thing that I really like here is that the Rifters, if you're unfamiliar with them, folks, they are. They were a periodical started in 1998, where Palladium released uh, you know, a few times a year a collection of both cutting room stuff, uh, extra art from fans, fan submitted content such as extra rules, new classes, additional things that didn't really fit in the other books. And it covers the entire megaverse. You've got rifts, you've got fantasy, you've got mystic China. In this book, there's a lot of stuff for ninjas and super spies. Yes. This, this is a good one. This It should also be noted that uh, all the Rifters are done as optional rules. None, none yeah. of this is canon. Uh, you, you are free to use it. You are free to not use it. I, I suppose Palladium has never done like tournament stuff. So I, I, I would suppose that uh, in, in that thing, this, these wouldn't be tournament legal RCCs, though, in, in that kind of setting. There are articles in some of the later Rifters that I consider to be some of my favorite Rifter content that I would love for us to just like jump right up to like Rifter 30 or Rifter 40 something and, and be like, this, this is, this Rifter is great and here's why. But I, I'm serious about this history thing. I like that as we're going through this from the beginning, we're getting an insight into what the hell was happening at Palladium yeah. at that time. As a completionist, I'm, I'm in favor of the doing it one by one by one and we'll get there eventually. Yeah. We will probably apply that same logic to world books and stuff. We'll see. Yeah. There is so much to do. I mean, this podcast <laughs> is going to go forever. I would like to note uh, at the very beginning in uh, Kevin's o- opening blurb, uh, how it talks specifically that the Rifter is for fan art and fan submissions, though. I mean, this is the beginning of August 2021, and something really kind of weird happened in gaming. A lot of, not to go out on a tangent, but GW shut down all their fan creations this month this month they they did a new thing that they're starting a streaming service and anyone who has a patreon that has anything to do with gw they're coming after them wait 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 wait. okay gw uh uh games workshop oh well they're terrible they're just a horrible company all around they always are terrible yeah Yeah. it's a shame that they control such a great ip but Mm. Yeah, they they are the Harlan Ellison of role playing games. <laughs> <laughs> Great that is content. So it's not funny, but cantankerous, cranky, litigious bastards. Oh God! Yeah. What's interesting about that is way back here. What is this? Late nineties? 
Yeah, this is July of 1998, Rift for number three. They're they're actively asking for fan submissions. They're, they're encouraging them. What a golden goddamn age that was. And I, you know what? I blame Disney. Well, I'll tell you what. It's back. Right now, they are... By the time this episode's released, you'll still have a couple of weeks left, folks, if you want to get in on this. But they are now taking submissions for a new Rifter. Now, the Rifter has been out of print, I think, for a couple of years, and they're bringing it back. Wait, uh, beginning wait, of September 2021 is the deadline for content for the next one. Um, I've been writing some stuff. And mm. you didn't tell me about this till now. It's We've talked about it in the four. Oh, wait, no. Uh, you might not be on that Discord. There's a Palladium-focused Discord that I talk a lot in. Hmm, I'll send you nice. the link. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So it starts, as most of them do, with behind the desk of Kevin Sambita. And it's this is not one of his... He seems tired in this. Did you get that feeling when you read it? Yeah, I got a little bit tired. I, I've, I've read ahead in through mm. the various... Uh, issues that come after this and his moods do go up and down and definitely yeah. this one feels like more of a tired thing it did say something really important uh he he goes on to talk about game stores and the responsibility that we have to our local friendly local game stores mm-hmm. and I, I that's something that can't be overstated unless you're really really hard up for jeff bezos getting to mars before elon musk You should probably give money to a local game store or a local company whenever possible. And he he does do a a long talk about that, why that's important. What are the benefits, uh, how that how that benefits a gaming community, like an actual community, like where you live, that kind of community that sits around a table. Now that we're all playing via teleconferencing, some of that's been lost, but it, it, it is a, a very important thing and something that cannot be encouraged enough. And I think it rings just as true now. As it did in 98. This is from an era, I think, when game stores were a lot more accessible and they had a much heavier RPG focus. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. in today's era, your game store is going to be 90% magic if it makes any money at all. And then the rest is going to be board games, then some war game stuff, and then RPGs that aren't. Fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder are just relegated to like this tiny little single shelf on the end. Yeah. We're lucky here in Portland in that we have some stores that are actually pretty awesome when it comes to selection, but most places that I've been don't. Yeah. It's true, but this is also from an era when you had bookstores that offered yeah. RPGs. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, we're, we're uh, seven and a half minutes in and we haven't gotten past <laughs> page seven, so uh, let's, let's move forward. Looking at the next section, which is really mastering the game, I went and read through this word for word last week. I did too. And I got to say, this is good stuff. There are a lot of RPG game master advice articles out there in the world. And a lot of them are just kind of cut and paste or talk about, you know, what your this one particular author's personal style of stuff. And some of it's just so obvious. This is some really good advice. He goes into, uh, sorry, he being Apollo Okamura, who has done a lot of work in Rifters, both mm-hmm. art and writing. He goes into things like the nature of conflict, uh, ways to bring in plots and story. All different kind of simple components that you as a game master might not think about. I do recommend if you have this and haven't read it and you're running some games, 
go here and read it because I got some inspiration for my own current games just from mm. reading this article from 1998. Yeah, and even more so if you're if you're struggling to create an engaging game that's monst- beyond monster show up, character slay monster, divvy loot, buy stuff to slay more monster. This is what you need to read. It talks about the various types of conflicts, which I think is almost as important as opposed to a bad guy. Everyone's heard of the evil wizard, but, you know, he goes into person versus person, person versus environment, person versus group, person versus self. Uh, He talks about the various types of conflict. This is almost like three pages of advice in writing a book more than uh, how to write a role-playing game. I think it's less about writing a role-playing game and more about telling a good, running a good game at your table. Yeah. And running a game Uh, at your table is kind of like picturing a lot of it as a book, but it's a book that writes itself, you know? Yeah. And the characters will not do what you had in mind. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Again, you got to let them write their own stories, but at least be prepared to look at it like there is an evolving plot and an evolving story. And I think that's what he talks about. Uh, it moves on there to some stuff for Palladium Fantasy, a couple of monsters, a knockoff uh, sandworm that chews rocks. There are some really cool magical items here. I like the rings. Yeah. I must say I was very disappointed that the chain of command was not, in fact, a chain that you beat someone with <laughs> somebody <laughs> until they realized so they, it was in rotten charge. They rotten learned. <laughs> <laughs> that said, the chain of command is a very interesting and clever magical item. I like it. Yeah. I also like some of the the, the more plebeian stuff, uh, the useful items, the herbs for mm-hmm. livestock. They're, they're, I, I can't overstress this enough, how palladium can be crunchy or palladium can be smooth flowing. It's, it's amazing how deep you can go or you can walk forever and, and not worry about the hooves splitting on your mount. But there are tables for it. In case you want them, they're there. And I like that this magical item, the iron hoof, is basically Mm -hmm. described as if its primary purpose is making it so that your livestock, they have better feet. (laughs) (laughs) They're just, they're less foot sore, you know. Yeah. Hey, it's it's a splayed hoof and that animal's going down, you know. Uh, We have a a night of the dinner table, uh, which is the the, the comic by the the people who brought you Hackmaster and Aces of Eights. This is a fun one because uh, those two generally can be found at at any table, and the the kind of distraction they try and dream up versus the uh, the, the guards' reaction is mm-hmm. is fantastic. Gar- guards aren't children, <laughs> <You know? laughs> no. Yeah, that is a common 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 frustration of mine when I'm running games and players just think that. Oh, just because they came up with the idea and put it into place that it magically needs to work. I'm like, you know, you just can't seduce everyone. You just can't lie to the guard and expect him to not only believe you, but go out of his way to help you. You have to keep in mind that there's always a price or leverage that someone needs in order for you to get your way in an impossible situation. Yeah. And remember, this isn't just a guard. This is also a customs agent. This is also a tax collector. You know, I mean, this is... This is not, you know, podunk stink feet, <laughs> the, the, the local cow herd. Hey, he is, could use some iron yeah. hoof, you know. He, he could. <laughs> I get the feeling yeah, and, that most of nights at the dinner table is, God damn it, Bob. Yeah. That's the whole story. God damn it, yeah. Bob. Everything seems to be about how much Bob sucks. 
You know, if you've never read The Bag Wars, it's totally worth your time. Mm-hmm. I've read the one with the, uh, what was it? The the Horde, the, uh, oh, yes, the yes, Doomsday yes, yes. Pack. Uh-huh. <laughs> we have some coming attractions here. What was the miniature combat game? You know, I, I don't know. Did that happen? Rifts miniatures from Agents of Gaming. You know, I'm nev- I've never been a minis person, so I've never really looked into it. I couldn't tell I you. I have. And you know what I like about this is that Palladium has never been afraid to pull back the curtain a little bit to their process, which is something I really like about this company. Like it goes into, we have seen an enthusiastically approved, the first dozen or so greens. And he goes on to explain what greens are. Greens are the original sculptures used to make the molds. I didn't know that. I had no idea. That's something that is not, you know, broadly put out there. And I, I love that Palladium just takes you along with all their processes and they, they've always kind of done that. You know, Kevin will talk about why he chose to publish in this manner or why he chose this schedule. And, you know, I, I just love how transparent the entire process is. Sometimes, however, he talks a little bit too soon about things, such as talking about books that haven't even actually entered the design page. Let's flip <laughs> up to page 22, where we see a glimpse into the future. Let's take a look here. We have six Palladium Fantasy games three of which have still never been released. When we have uh, five Heroes Unlimited game, no, four Heroes Unlimited games, two, if not three, I don't know. Have any of these been released? I don't actually know. What's the Anvil Galaxy? Yeah, I, Rift's RPG. We, uh, Zulu Nation, never happened. Scotland, never happened. Grand Paladins, never happened. Yep. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the Mechanoid Space ad. Oh, wait, nope, there it is. Bottom of page 22. <laughs> Though to be fair, it does say tentative new RPGs. Yeah, yeah. I think, though, this is something you're going to notice a lot. A lot of this stuff doesn't come out. Yeah. There's a great picture right after that of Bioroids from Robotech. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then we get into Kung Fu fighting. So this is actually really cool stuff. And here's something I want to note. This is by Wayne Smith. Wayne Smith is the editor, I believe, of The Rifter. I think uh, Kevin was just talking about him right here at the beginning, about how Wayne was proud about he never got late in any of these. Uh, So good job, Wayne. Wayne Smith has popped out all of this stuff for Ninjas and Super Spies. And I do like that he comes right out and says, this is all based on fictional concepts. None of these yeah. are meant to be real martial arts analogs, except for a few, which were accidentally named after real martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> and this is some really cool stuff. Again, we've talked about ninjas and super spies. I think these martial arts would fit better if you have the original edition or if you just mm-hmm. house rule it so that everybody gets one more martial arts style. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just never going to have a lot of this stuff in your game. This is very much for it. But I mean, once again, it's all optional. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I wasn't playing, you know, a Robotech fucking Cyber Knight, (laughs) Chung Nai could have very easily been been this. There's some cool stuff in here. There's some really cool stuff in here. Yeah. And then it goes into that's like. Pages upon pages upon pages upon pages, then going into revised grappling rules, which mm-hmm. I'm sorry, folks, if you think that the third edition Dungeons and Dragons grappling rules are complex, step aside, friend. Page 39 <laughs> of magazine number three would like a word with you. 
Yes. Also, see ground fighting below for more details. Yeah. <laughs> Holds joint locks, sticky hands, optional wrestling rules, another kung fu. Oh, wait. One, two, three, four, four more martial arts, including wrestling. Now, these are easy, interesting, though, because the skill cost to take these, these are skills, but the, the skill, it's not RCCs or OCCs. The, this is years of training mm-hmm. spent in game time. Yeah, Ninjas and Super Spies had its very interesting system of learning martial arts that didn't necessarily focus on skill cost as much as it did how much of your life have you spent studying this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, There's uh, it moves on to Mystic China Conversions for Rifts. Talks about uh, some martial arts OCCs. The Chun Tzu and Demon Hunter character classes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, so many, if, if you're into the whole chi thing, which we've talked about a lot, if you're into that stuff, it converts them into spells and alchemy. Celestial calligraphy. Oh, God, there's there's yeah. so much stuff here. Like this really could have been saved for a whole other book and they just put it here in a rifter. Cool. Which yeah. I must note at the time cost $7.95. And if you've never held a rifter in your hands, it's bigger than the like the D and D three point five character class books, like the complete yeah. warrior, the complete and, bard. Like they're bigger yep. than that. Yeah, and I dare say full of more content. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. New martial arts, more stuff, more katas. I love this. Another ad, more martial arts techniques, and finally an optional damage table for supernatural, uh, supernatural oh, strength martial artists. I'm sorry, is your supernatural yeah. strength between 141 and 150? Well, then you do on a D4, 4D6 times 20. <laughs> so if you ever get punched by Odin in Tiger Crane style kung fu, yeah. Now, here's where we get to what you were talking about. We're finally dealing with the contents shown on the cover, which is the Zitikix or Zitikix. I love these guys, and I rarely get to use them because if used correctly in a game, I think they would completely devastate the player characters and the area that the player characters are in. Because yes. there's there's just really no way to fight them without a freaking army at your back. Yeah. And, you know, I have a, I have a, a personal question. Seeing as how Meadowlark is, is pretty much gone and, and buried, was, was that what the alien hive was near us when we woke up from Popsicle Land and Rifts? Oh, the, the monsters that you fought in the no, silo? No, no, no. No, the, uh, the, you, you said there was an alien hive city near us. Oh, oh no, those like were aliens. completely original creation of mine. Oh, okay. Gone, wasted forever. Yeah, scared, scared the <laughs> hell out of the player. The character didn't care, but the, the player the, the, was terrified. The gigantic beetles. Were, yeah. 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 Okay. Phew. No, no, maybe they'll come in someday. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how do you say the artist's name? Uh, I think it's Bro. 63. Wayne Bro? Bro? So it's not Brew? I think it's Bro. Briox. I think it's Bro. Anyway, so this, Bro. One th- I really like his art because mm-hmm. it it's it holds more motion but still has the same bold lines of of long. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like I really like your art, bro. Yeah, bro. It's good stuff. Lots of stuff about the hive, about tactics, about weapons. Remember, this was before. Society. A lot of the later books came out, so this was still in the '90s. Ultimate Edition was still seven years away. 
right now, pretty much all the Zydekix information that we're working on is from the core book, which is mm-hmm. those few pages in the back, that picture of the Zydekix with the fucking gun yeah. and just some stats and that's it. This goes into the ecology. It goes into the reasons, their expansions, what the hives do, how the queens will fight each other, how mm-hmm. the hives expand. That talks about their use of chemicals as their their signaling power, much how, you know, we talk about if you kill one ant in your kitchen, suddenly every ant within five miles knows that knows what you've done and is going to come fuck you up. The Zydekix really are like that. (laughs) Yeah. It also talks about their life cycle. Mm -hmm. Then we have baby Zydekix. Great art. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 69, another one by Uh bro. Him showing alien affection in the, the, the Warrens for the different areas of, (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, that's not constipated ninja leaping. That's good art. That's good art. Yeah. God, that queen. Yeah. That queen is magnificent. Ugh. Yeah. Man. Yeah. All the different roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the entire society played out. Pages. and Oh, and even there are new ones in here. Like they, mm-hmm. they take what was introduced in the first book and add more. So they add like these very, their hunters are fascinating in that they're super skilled and they can fuck you up, but they don't. Their main purpose in existence is to find compatible food whatever spray them and then run away they just they're they're the laser spotters they come out they spot and they leave that's so fucking cool no i want to talk about what happens next the spatial mage oh man i think we might have differing opinions on this so you lead you take lead this is super cool i don't know that it should be a player character class. Uh, it says NPC and optional player character class. This is like at least six Doctor Who episodes, <laughs> at least four holodeck malfunctions, the entire world of tears by Filippo's a farmer series. This is something that can create a pocket dimension, a pocket realm. Maybe a um, 4 million years nightmare dungeon. Yeah. A pocket universe. <laughs> This is a really cool villain, or should we say antagonist, depending on where your your ethics lie for your party. But this is a a spatial mage, someone who is able to use the rifts like a line walker, like a rifter, but has such mastery over it that they can close them, that they can use that energy to create pocket dimensions they can be as small as a broom closet. They can be as big as a city. It's it's a really, really cool concept. It it's it has oh god, like nine pages on this thing, and it also goes into the uh, realm creation. And it does a really interesting thing in wherein to create your own personal realm, it costs you permanent PPE. That that's just taken from you. That's like you will get more next level, but that always goes into the creation and and the the maintenance of keeping this this pocket dimension there. That's unrecoverable. Now, there's an interesting part of this that says like minded individuals can be used to create the the same thing. So, like many spatial mages can create a super big one, but the the part is is that they all have access to it. And that makes some things interesting. Like, let's say one of them 
you know, turns to the darkness and decides that he wants to be the only one to have this grand realm now that everyone else has powered it. There's, there's a lot of plot potential in this, in this class. I can see that my whole time reading this was thinking, I don't know how I will ever put this in a game. If I put it in as a player character, they're fucking broken. And if I put it in as an yeah. NPC, it's Deus Ex Machina out of nowhere. How are they going to learn anything about it and counter it? You know. Well, because it, it is lesser than than the the television versions. Like this this person isn't a god there. Just just the creator. Like once it's made, they don't get to do as much as like a, a Star Trek villain. They could really fuck with you though. Oh, well, really you're talking about you. the bottomless pit, aren't you? The alter perception bottomless pit. Oh, maybe I'm talking about very simple things like swap spaces or swap places and annihilate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, interestingly enough, if you do want to play this, you apparently need the Federation of Magic because three quarters of the spells available to this yeah. class are the same as spells found in page blah, 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 Federation of Magic. I do want to note that where in Dungeons and Dragons are you going to find a spell with such an evocative title as Ignore 3D Constraint? I really like that one, though. I really <laughs> like that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. You take a 3D object, you make it two-dimensional, fold it up, and put it in your fucking pocket. Fuck yeah. Does not work on living things. But still, very cool. Well, we will get back to the Spatial Mage again because this is not the last that we will see of them. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. cool. They keep coming. So next, we've got a Rips Microdimensional sub a, a basically a micro dimension book for rifts and just a few pages with a setting called prime order where you play oozes and amoeboids it's yes very original this is <laughs> amoeboids or plasms and creatures of prime order which are all like blobs and jellies <laughs> if you just want to get into playing some goo people this is how to do it not that much on the setting itself, more really on the characters and their gear. I would yeah. love to see more of this. It, it is very unique. Yeah. No, no one, no one does blob. Uh, then there's some. There's another chapter of the siege against Tolkien. Mm-hmm. And then the hammer of the forge. Yeah. And then we have Arata, which I believe is is new. Yeah. Uh, they have been notorious for putting errata into books. For example, World Book, you know, X might have errata for World Book X minus one kind of thing. I know that Palladium Fantasy was especially egregious with that back in the day. Whereas they That's, would like have corrections yeah. in the second book for the first book kind of thing. There's a lot of rapidly expanding companies that were particularly guilty of that at this time. Yeah. Uh, I know I, I started off yelling about them, but Games Workshop also was is notorious still for errata yeah but hey there we go Richard number three yeah it's a great book there was just something i think it was because did you ever read the world of tears by philippe jose farmer never heard of it smutty great author golden age sci-fi and first rate and very very broad scoped and the just that particular occ is straight out of that which one the spatial mage yeah and it's just, they're a great series of books. Uh, yet another book that, hey, NPC, you really should read this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was Rifter number three. And somehow, I think this is our longest Rifter ever. Episode, yeah. Yeah, Probably. excellent. 
Well, I hope you folks are enjoying these. We're going to go through them, whether you are or not. So you might as well just stick along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> just let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Shh, 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 shh. <laughs> oh, bad. Bad. Bafter. And on that note, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> thanks, everyone. Bye. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.